This is the Catholic Water. Hello and welcome to our new episode of The Spiritual Life. This is your host, Father Carlos Cepeda, and you're listening to The Catholic Wire. Now, um, I gotta tell you, I'm really happy because we're finally getting to record all these things. I've been trying for so hard, uh, for so long to get these things going, and now we're finally making these episodes with the favor of God, with the grace of God. We ask for your prayers so that we persevere, we keep doing it. Particularly, I ask for your prayers that we make it as, this is gonna sound weird, but as not entertaining, but rather as relatable as possible, you know, as easy to listen as possible. One of my main priorities is to try to make these shows, these uh, courses, you could call them, easy to listen to. Because there is a lot of material out there. I think there is a lot of Catholic material out there, some very good, but it's always hard to listen. It's always something that, unless you are very interested in it and you're willing to put the effort, uh, sometimes a very, very big effort, it's hard to listen to it. So we want to make it as, as fun, entertaining, uh, relatable as possible, so that as you're listening to these things with ease, you might get also the solid stuff, you know, the good Catholic teachings of our Holy Mother, the Church. Now, in this episode, we're going to discuss one of the most important ones, probably one of the most, uh, uh, one of the ones that people are most interested in, and that would be mental prayer. Now, mental prayer. The first thing that I want to say about it is kind of as an introduction. Why should we do it? Why do we need mental prayer? I want to begin by saying something. It would be easier for me, it would be easier for all of us maybe, if, uh, and less time consuming for me at least, if we just follow a book and we explain the book. I will do that maybe at one point. But I think it's better to kind of digest all that information, to get it from different sources, and then to present it to you, uh, digested, you know, to present it to our listeners in a way that is more condensed, in a more personal fashion, kind of like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Doing it otherwise would seem to me quite dense. And I don't know, maybe I think many would not have the time or the perseverance to go through all the material, you know, to read the whole book. So let's try to condense it and make it brief and attainable in a few hours, maybe, of listening, right? Uh, don't worry, we will go back. We will cover some books in more depth. But this is something that I want to share with you as a friend, so to speak. And so the first thing that I want to talk about is what exactly is mental prayer? And why should I worry about it? Now, what you will read in many authors and books is uh, they'll make a distinction. We could say briefly that there are two forms of mental, two forms of prayer. One would be what they call usually vocal prayer, and the other one would be what we're calling here mental prayer. Now, vocal prayer, uh, I don't want you to get. Uh, I don't want you to take these terms and put them in a square box. There's a lot more to them, to both of them. 
Rather than vocal prayer, I'm going to call it here formula prayer. When you pray based on a formula, based on, on something that someone else came up with. This is, for example, when you say the Hail Mary, when you say the Our Father, when you say the Hail Holy Queen, all those prayers. Now, contrary to what Protestants would say, there's nothing wrong with that. It's actually something very good, very holy, even necessary. These formulas are inspirations that saints have given us. They are songs, poems that saints have given us in which we can be inspired and we can share their feelings. This is so much not wrong that even the Bible has them. The Psalms in the Bible are nothing else but formulas for vocal prayer that were used by the church before our Lord Jesus Christ came, but you know, by the synagogue, by what was the true church of God at that time. So no, there's nothing wrong with that if you pray them well. They, they involve also some mental effort. They involve that you're attentive to them, that you actually understand what you're saying. So nothing wrong with that, but we're not covering that today. We're going to focus on mental prayer. And what I am going to say here is um, we call it mental prayer because that, uh, those are the terms that you read in every book. But we could also call it, to better explain it, personal prayer. Prayer that is coming more from you. Prayer that is more within your interests, within your inspiration, within what you are wanting to tell God or what you are wanting to learn from God. And this would consist on any kind of prayer, any form of prayer that you make where you are spending time, effort, and your own, delay, your own thoughts and considerations and reflections to pray. All of this is obviously inspired by the Holy Ghost. But what I mean to say is you are actually allowing yourself to be inspired by the Holy Ghost. You are the one that is putting that effort, that time, the will the intellect, the faculties of your, of your soul, into this prayer. And that is what we are introducing you to in this episode. Now, you're going to kill me, but uh, I'll be honest with you. I hate it when I'm listening to a podcast thinking that something's going to come up and it doesn't come up. So I'll be quite honest with you. This first episode, we're not going to discuss methods of mental prayer yet. First, I want to convince you of how important it is. And don't take this the wrong way. It, it's, you might say, I don't need convincing. I want to do it already. You, you will need convincing. It might get uh, difficult to persevere. And so right now is good to know just how important it is. But before we go into that, uh, let's talk. Uh, let's get our quotes from the saints for today. And the first one is going to be, well, they're both going to be from St. Teresa of Avila, you know, very fitting for our topic today. The first one is this. She says, Since vocal prayer is prayer, it must be accompanied by reflection. A prayer in which a person is not aware of whom he is speaking to, what he is asking, who it is who is asking and of whom, I do not call prayer, I do not call that prayer, she says, however much the lips move. To summarize the quote, a person who is not aware of whom he is speaking to, what he is asking, 
who it is that is asking and of whom, I don't call that prayer, however much the lips move. That's from St. Teresa of Avila. And I'll give you one more quote, but actually I'll, lead, I'll do that later. For now, let's go into our next point. So, as I said, I really want to convince you of uh, why we need to do this. We've kind of explained what mental prayer is. But now let me, let me tell you, uh, uh, you might ask me, Father, honestly, does it not suffice to say my vocal prayers? Is it not enough for me to pray the rosary, to, you know, say my morning and night prayers and my devotions that I have? Is it not enough with that? And I'm going to say, honestly, yes. It is enough with that. If you say your normal prayers carefully, devoutly, that would certainly suffice for you to be saved. But in this program, we are not concerned with, with just being saved by a hair. We want to truly live our faith. And for that, you need mental prayer. I'll say something more than that. And St. Teresa would tell us this too. She actually says that in one of her books. She's not there, by the way. That's just a screen. Uh, St. Teresa would say, you can't really do vocal prayer if you don't do mental prayer. Because in order to say the Hail Mary, you need, you need to understand who the Virgin Mary really is. You need to understand who our Lord Jesus Christ is. You need to understand what sin is, what hell is. And for all those things, the only way is mental prayer. So, yes, vocal prayer would suffice if you do it well. But to do it well, you need mental prayer. I want to go, I want to continue on this topic. There is a big difference between someone that makes mental prayer as a Catholic and a Catholic who doesn't. And I'll give you an example. Here we go again. Father with his examples. Uh, yeah, that's basically what the whole program is. We're going to call it examples of the spiritual life. Uh, Father Cepeda came up with them. So, okay. Imagine that there is a child that is going to be run over by a bus. That's quite an example. And let's say that there is a mother and there is some stranger there. Now you will agree with me. Both of them would say, we need to save this child. You know, both of them would try to save the child. But there's going to be a huge difference in between how the mother is going to do it and how the guy, you know, the stranger is going to do it. Because the stranger is, he might not risk his life for the child. There might be other priorities that he has. But the mother, for her, there is no other priority. That is number one. She's going to risk her life to save the child. She's going to do everything that it takes to save the child. Because that is her world. She's willing to die for it. That is the difference that we have between those who do mental prayer, who do meditation, who go deep in their faith, and those who just leave their faith to be saved by a hair. Hello and welcome to our stories of the saints. Today we have a story of St. Aloysius Gonzaga, but I know what you're thinking. Father, what just happened with the light and why? how did you get a haircut so fast? Uh, well, what happened is that we were recording these episodes like three months ago. And I realized three months later that I hadn't recorded this part. So here we are recording right now at 11 p.m. 
And, well, the story of St. Aloysius Gonzaga is related to prayer, actually. St. Aloysius had a grace that was quite rare, that, you know, some, a grace that most of us don't have. He would never get distracted during prayer. He could pray and pray and pray for hours and never get distracted. Now, this didn't come for free. You have to remember that St. Aloysius was a very pure soul, that he made very, very difficult penances. I mean, he fasted a lot. He would use chains as his penance, uh, meaning chains. And so it wasn't like it was just for free, although it was great, certainly. But this, this uh, ease that he had to pray and this taste that he had for prayer actually became somewhat of a, of a difficulty at times. It became a, almost a temptation, you could say, because he was drawn to prayer very powerfully. And so they say that when he would, obviously, there were times where he wasn't supposed to pray, or rather he wasn't supposed to pray at the church. But they said that there would be times where he would be walking in front of the church, and as he would be walking somewhere else, and when he was walking in front of the church, he would start walking fast, because he would feel that, you could say, temptation or draw, drawn to, to go in front of the Blessed Sacrament and pray. So he would start, start walking faster. And some even overheard him as he was walking in front of the church saying, Stop it, Lord, stop it, not right now, I can't go right now. So for him it was rather a difficulty on the opposite way, to stop praying, or rather stop praying at the church. But this goes to show, to show that when we really uh, pay attention, when we really try to do our best to come close to our Lord, prayer becomes actually something enjoy that we enjoy something that gives us peace, something that gives us some consolation. Beware, though, it's not always going to be like that. Many advanced souls, and actually a sign that a soul is advancing, is to not have taste sometimes during prayer, as we will cover at some point. But it is true that the greatest joys, the greatest uh, moments of happiness that you can find in this life actually can happen and would happen in prayer if we try our best. That is the stories for the, from the saints for today. And now let's travel three months back into the past to continue with our episode. What's going to happen if you do mental prayer? What will you see in your life? What, what is that change that is going to come? You will see that your relationship with God and our Blessed Mother will become much more intimate. That means you're going to come to know them better. You're going to come to understand how serious your duties are, how grave it is to break them, how grave it is to sin. You'll come to understand how much God loves you. Your religion and the relationship with our Blessed Mother, with our Lord, is going to become from something that was on the side in your life, is going to become a priority. Rather than being a side dish that you knew you had to take, it will become the whole reason of your feeding of your food, everything that nurtures you. When I was saying in the previous episode that if we go into the spiritual life, our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, with the Most Holy Trinity, with our Blessed Mother will become closer, this is one big part of it. This is a big place where it really does happen, mental prayer. Mental prayer, point number two. Mental prayer is going to make your faith become much more real to you. Bear with me here. 
I know that we all know that our faith is real. We all believe it, otherwise you would not be watching this show. If you are, thank you for doing so, keep watching it. But, you know, we all have that faith, we all believe that. But uh, it will become much more lively to you. You know, to give you an example of how this becomes more present to you, more actualized to you. You might have a 16-year-old with a car, and you might have a 30-year-old that bought his own car. Let's say that there's a 30-year-old that bought his uh, electric car, I can't remember what they're called, uh, Tesla. And you have a 16-year-old that got his Tesla from his father. Now, they both know they need car insurance. But the one, the 30-year-old that bought the car, he is fully aware of why he needs car insurance of and how important it is and what happens if he doesn't have it. For him, that knowledge is much more actualized, is much more present. When you do mental prayer, you're bringing those realities that faith teaches you and that you, you sometimes forget of them and you're bringing them closer, actualized, so that they are present in your mind frequently, not just in the Sunday sermon, not just when you go to confession, not just when you're faced with death, but present frequently, every day even, so that all your decisions are permeated by faith. So that you, it happens what scripture says, that the just man lives of faith. Now, uh, Father Crasset has a quote on this. He says, Mental prayer makes us, makes us descend to hell to see there our place. It brings us before the grave to see our future. It takes us up to heaven to see our throne in glory. It carries us to the last day to see our judgment. It takes us to Bethlehem to see our Savior, to Mount Tabor to see our love, to Calvary to see our model. So it takes you to all those places. There's a big difference to say, I believe that our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified than to have seen that with the eyes of your mind, to have seen the wounds, to have considered how much they hurt, to have considered the spit, the blood, the dust in his eyes, all those things, all those details come from mental prayer. So it will actualize your face. It will make it a lot more lively. Another point, and this is very important, mental prayer is going to cause your will and resolution to be strengthened. That's very, very important. Uh, this means, of course, that it will be much harder for you to sin. Because most of the times when we sin, it is because we have forgotten the realities of our faith. If you had hell in front of you when you were tempted, you would not fall into sin. You would think not only twice, you wouldn't even think about it if you had the fire right in front of you. And so a lot of times, the reason why we sin is because these truths of our faith have been forgotten. We don't have them present. We don't perceive them as a present threat or as a present hope. But meditation does that for you. When you do mental prayer, these things become present in your daily life and that makes your will, your decisions, your resolution much stronger. You are much more able to keep those good purposes. And that's why a lot of times in our life, we make good resolutions, we have good desires that don't amount to anything because we're lacking this mental prayer. Now, the next point, and finally, if this is connected to the last one, 
Meditation, mental prayer, is something that will inevitably bring you to become a better person. It cannot fail. It will not fail. It will bring you to leave sin behind and it will bring you to practice virtue. Saint Alphonsus Liguori and Saint Teresa of Avila both said that it is impossible. It is impossible that in a soul there is sin and mental prayer at the same time. If you continue, you will the soul will either leave the one and and take the other or vice versa. But it cannot be. It cannot be that both remain in it. And Saint Teresa said it with those words. She said, if a soul perseveres in mental prayer, I know for sure that it will leave sin and it will come to salvation. If they persevere in it, it's impossible that both things remain. And so this is the reason why it is so important to do mental prayer every day or uh, as much as we can, so to speak. That's why it's so important to never let it go. And as we will uh, see later on, you will practice this, you will see this, especially when you think of the Passion of Our Lord. For our quote from Scripture today, we have a quote from the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke, and that would be in chapter 10 and verse 42. This is our Lord speaking. But one thing is necessary. Mary Magdalene hath chosen the best part, which shall not be taken away from her. You might be saying right now, Father, you have some odd taste in choosing quotes. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Well, there's a story behind this quote. Uh, our Lord was staying at the house of Martha and Mary, and there was uh, uh, a dinner being given in there. And Martha, they were both sisters, remember? And we think that was Mary Magdalene, but there is different opinions on that. Uh, Martha was serving. Martha was running back and forth and trying to get the water ready and trying to get the food ready and trying to wash the feet maybe of the, all the guests. And as she's running back and forth, our Lord is speaking. And of course, Martha would have enjoyed to sit at the feet of our Lord. But she looks and she sees our Lord. And then Mary, her sister, is just sitting there, not doing anything. So Martha, quite as any one of us, of us probably would have done, Martha says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me alone? Here, I'm, I'm doing all the work. And our Lord says to her what we just read. He says to her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and art troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary hath chosen the best part, which shall not be taken away from her. This is often portrayed by the spiritual writers as a comparison between the spiritual, uh, rather the contemplative life and the active life, meaning the life of those who engage in active practices, in, in teaching and all those things, and the life of those who engage in contemplative practices. I don't like that comparison absolutely, you know, it's a good example, but the truth is both the active life and the contemplative life have to have prayer and have to have the company of our Lord. But we can take it certainly as a comparison of those 
who engage in so many things, thinking that they're doing a lot of good, active things, and they forget the part of keeping company to our Lord, of prayer, of spending time with our Lord. Our Lord is telling us here, you worry about many things. You worry about politics. You worry about writing books of theology. You worry about maybe, you know, paying for your next bill of uh, TV or whatever. All these things. But one thing is important, only one. And that is myself, our Lord says. That is to spend time with God, to get to know God. When it comes time to meet our Lord, when it comes time to go to heaven to be judged, we won't care the least bit on how much money we made, how many houses we had, how many cars we made, how many videos I put out on YouTube and how many viewers I have, or how many books we wrote with all these wonderful ideas, or any of those things. What we will care is how well do I know God right now? How good of a friend I am with God? How intimate am I with him right now? Like, am I actually someone that he would call a friend, that he would let in to his house? That will be our main concern when we die. And so, the quote of the gospel from today. Thou art careful and art troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary hath chosen the best part, which shall not be taken away from her. And now that we have finished the quote from the gospel, let us go back to our episode three months ago. So yes, it is a great deal to do mental prayer. You do have to do it. Before we continue, let's go to the quote of the saint. And I forgot on my last episode, I forgot to tell a story of the saint. But anyways, let's go to the quotes of the saints. Today we have another one from Saint Teresa. And she says, uh, she is telling us, Mental prayer, in my opinion, is nothing else than an intimate sharing between friends. It means taking time frequently to be alone with him who we know loves us. In order that love be true and the friendship endure, the will of the friends must be in accord. And this is something that I really like of how St. Teresa defines mental prayer. She is basically telling us mental prayer is a date. It's a date that you have with a friend, with a good friend, with God himself with our Lord Jesus Christ. It can also be with a saint. It can also be with our Blessed Mother. It can be with our Guardian Angel, but that's ultimately what it is. A moment that you're giving for friendship, to friendship. So I say it's a great deal to do mental prayer. You might say to me, nah, Father, I can do with vocal prayer. I don't want to get into those kind of things. Well, I'll tell you again what St. Teresa said. How can you truly pray vocally, even the rosary? If you don't know well, who our Lord Jesus Christ is, who is the Virgin Mary, how much Christ suffered on the cross, how terrible it is that souls are lost in hell. How can you truly mean what you say unless you spend some time, at least some time, thinking about it, trying to understand it? And that's what mental prayer is, time that you're spending to try to understand these things. I will say as a parenthesis here, actually, that the rosary itself requires mental prayer because the rosary is not just recitation of Hail Marys it is the meditation of the mysteries of the of the life of our Lord with the recitation of the Hail Marys and the Our Father and that's why our Blessed Mother in Fatima asked for the meditation because she, she was basically telling us hey this is a part that you need to do it's part of the rosary I understand you can't do it every day but at least try to do it once a month 
so that when you pray the rosary, those things come to your mind. And St. Louis Maria Grignon de Montfort also understood this when he, in his method, he devised it in such a way that it brings, it's supposed to bring to your mind each mystery as you say the rosary. Now, I know that you want to go into the methods and I promise we will at some point in time once we have 100 subscribers and we get a lot more donations. I'm just kidding, that's not true. Uh, no, uh, we will go into that. In our next episode, we're going to discuss one of the forms of mental prayer, the easiest one to begin with, uh, the one that St. Ignatius gives us in his book of the spiritual exercises. But before we go into that, I do need to explain to you that there are many different ways of mental prayer. St. Teresa of Avila actually has a book that is called The Interior Castle, or the, uh, the in Spanish the name is the rooms or the, the dwellings, you could say, of the interior castle. Because St. Teresa says your soul is like a huge castle, like a, this huge crystal castle, where there are huge amount of rooms and places where you can go into and you've never been into them. And each one of these forms of mental prayer is like a different room, like a different galley, like a different playground or whatever you might want to call it, where you can go into the castle. Now, there are a huge amount of ways to pray mentally, to pray personally, you could say. I'm going to just share with you three kinds, and then we will go into a fourth kind when we go into the next episode. The first one is the one that probably most people are familiar with, which is called meditation, and I will say methodical meditation. That means to say when you, you actually have a method of how you're going to proceed in order to put your mind into the meditation and then bring your mind to move your will, to do acts of virtue. You have a program to follow. You know what you're supposed to think about. You know how your time is going to go by. You know how to bring yourself from this step to the next. That would be methodical meditation. And of this, you will find several methods. There is one of the Jesuits. There is one of the Carmelites. There is one of the Seminary of St. Sulpicius. There are several methods from, there's one of St. Alphonsus de Gori. So most of them have the same thing. They're just giving you different ways. They're all good too. There is no competition there. But that would be methodical meditation. It's a good thing to do. You shouldn't stop there though. The other way is to actually engage in a conversation with God, to actually ask God for things and to pray to God and to speak to him. It can be speaking to the to God the Father. It can be speaking to God the Son. It can be speaking to God the Holy Ghost or to our Blessed Mother. All of these things are good too. And, and, and this is another form of mental prayer. One can spend the whole time of mental prayer doing that. It will always be fitting to do some meditation before we engage into this. And finally, there's another way, which we will call it a silent contemplation. And this means to put yourself in front of God, in front of a certain mystery. And by mystery, I mean a certain step in the life of our Lord or a certain truth of our faith. And just silently allow for your soul to react to that, to have certain affections, to let the, the not the feelings, but rather the impressions of these things take root into your soul silently. It would be, for example, to put yourself in front of the cross or in front of the agony in the garden 
or in front of hell or at the gates of heaven. And you don't have to say anything. You don't have to meditate on these huge uh, considerations. You just have to be there silently, making that knowledge present to your soul. And that's good enough too. There are many ways, as I said, of mental prayer. In the next episode, I'm going to discuss one of the favorite ones that I have uh, for beginners. Uh, and that is the method of the three methods, because there are actually three methods of St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, which he gave us uh, in his spiritual exercises. So this is, I think, the best way to begin meditation. I know that some of you might be already quite advanced in meditation. And so in those cases, I know that you have good material to look into. But for those who might never have done it, these methods are really good to begin. We will see those in the next episode of The Spiritual Life. For now, we will leave it at that. I hope that you are convinced that mental prayer is super important, that you have to do it, that we have to do it, if we really want to make not only our spiritual life, but even our Catholic life uh, be meaningful and truthful and uh, intense. So we'll leave it at that for today. This has been The Spiritual Life with your host, Father Carlos Cepeda. And as you already know, you are listening to The Catholic Wire. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Catholic Wire. If you have found this show helpful, please say a prayer for all our collaborators. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels and share with your friends. For questions and comments, you may contact us at thecatholicwire.org.